Imagine his embarrassment when he found out that suspenders in England means women's underwear. <laughs> we can say something and other people aren't hearing what we're saying and that's what's happening to us today with Jesus. You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou Things that make you go, hmm. Remember that saying from a couple years ago? The, uh, I think that covers both of our New, our New Testament and our parables from Jesus today. Um, I, I spent two hours on this parable with the Tuesday Bible study. We won't do that this morning, you'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> but it is a bit of a confusing one to us as 21st century Americans influenced culturally whether we have faith or not by 20 centuries of Christianity. Because it seems like Jesus teaches a really strange message and then in his moral of the story flips it on its head. But that's not what he's doing. And first century Palestinians would have understood his meaning perfectly. It's our cultural distance from Jesus' original hearers that make this a hard parable for us to understand. We're often separated from people. And I'll give you an example of this. George Bernard Shaw once said that the English and Americans are two people separated by a common language. And that's true. I'll give you an example of this. My, uh, a good friend of mine was living in England for a year. He's from Kentucky. And he was explaining a wedding he had been to in Kentucky to his English friends one night. And uh, he was saying, well, we didn't dress the way people usually do. Um, the, the guys weren't in, uh, you know, uh, what do you call those? Tuxedos, thank you. He, we, guys weren't in tuxedos. So the guys were wearing overalls and they had suspenders. All of us were wearing these beautiful suspenders and there was this moment of silence. And then everyone started laughing at him. Imagine his embarrassment when he found out that suspenders in England means women's underwear. <laughs> we can say something and other people aren't hearing what we're saying and that's what's happening to us today with Jesus and the chief thing to pay attention to is when the turn in the story comes because the master does not commend the manager for his dishonesty we all agree that dishonesty is a bad thing in fact Jesus will go on to unpack that a little bit and say you know if you're not honest with the little you've been given, you're not going to be honest with the good stuff later. So it's not the dishonesty that's being commended. It's his shrewdness. I'm going to take over the screen for just a second, Ryan. So I looked up it up in Merriam-Webster. Shrewd is an adjective. And this is the first definition. Marked by clever, discerning awareness 
and hard-headed acumen. Marked by clever, discerning awareness and hard-headed acumen. Now, what Jesus is saying is that the children of light, the people being called by the gospel, the, God, the Lord's people, are often not as discerning and aware and using all of their gray matter to the best of their ability in terms of the things that are precious to God as the people of the world are and the things that are precious to the things of the world. I'll give you, if, if I was to stand here, and I looked, a lot of our stuff's still in packing boxes, so I wasn't able to bring it in today, but if I held up a soccer ball, and imagine I, I actually found it before I came in to preach, and there's a soccer ball in my hand, and I said, well, I'm going to teach you how to play soccer. First, I'm going to teach you how to throw a knuckleball, and that way you'll be able to score a touchdown. <laughs> you would look at me and say, Pastor, you're confused. <laughs> And you would be right. You have to know the game you're playing to know how to play it and how to score. And Jesus is teaching us that we are playing a different game as the people of God. If you remember when I came back from the National Assembly a few weeks ago, I told a story that our teaching theologian told there. He walked into a, a pub in England. That sounds like the beginning of a joke, doesn't it? A priest walked into a pub. Um, and he heard, while he was waiting for his friend to arrive, there were two men sitting at a table. And he's, I'll never forget how he told the story. He said, one man said to the other without a trace of irony, you know, life is a game and money is how you keep score. That's not the game that the people of God are called to play. We will use money in this world and many times we'll use it for the same purposes that our secular friends and neighbors use it for. Of course we're all going to pay our bills and we all have too much month at the end of the money. <laughs> but we are also going to be prioritizing things which will look idiotic to the world. Maybe we're taking care of an orphan overseas. Maybe we're funding the translation of the Bible into a new language. Maybe we're wasting an hour on Sunday morning worshiping the Lord. And as part of that, we put some money in a plate. But we are thinking very differently because the end game, how you score in this game, is different from our perspective. For we know that the Lord of all creation, who set the stars in motion with His Word, has loved us so much that we will not become dust when we die. Or not only that. Our bodies will do that for a little while before we're resurrected. We won't fade into nirvana where our consciousness gets merged with everyone else, but we will enter into communion, union with, that's what that word means, the eternal God of the universe. And because of that, we have different things to do in this life. Because our job now is to witness to the character of that Lord who has claimed us at the cost even of his own life and blood. 
who loved us that much and we are that precious to him. We have to show his character to a misunderstanding world. And we do that in part by how we spend our time, how we use our talents, and how we dispose of our treasures. This is why Jesus says you cannot serve God and money. You're going to use money, not serve it. If you play the game so that you're keeping score with money, you're serving money. It's a precious, high and holy calling to which we've been called. We're playing a different game and we're playing by different rules. When we are persecuted, we return love. When people scorn us, we return love. And we dispose of our time and our talents and yes, our treasures in a completely different way. Because the end game of this life is not to get rich. It's not to build a legacy for ourselves. It's not to pass on a big inheritance to our children. But rather, it's to care for those around us, to view everything we're given as a stewardship for which we will give account. And then to glorify our true master in heaven while we live in a foreign country. What an amazing trust our Lord has placed in us to be able to do this. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, you exhort us to be shrewd, to use all of our acumen, to be discerning and aware of the world around us. More aware because we know better what's truly going on. We know the game. The game is to be claimed by you back from the powers of sin, death, and the devil and now to be able to testify to your goodness until our short time here ends with eternity in union with you. Lord, help us to remember how passing the things of this world are and to use them accordingly, to use them for the good of those around us, to build up your kingdom, to proclaim your holy and good word and your holy and good person revealed to us through Jesus Christ. Strengthen us and bless us in this way because we cannot do this on our own power, but we need your Holy Spirit to do it faithfully. This we ask in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my life.